0: Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at 773-239-1110. Hello and welcome to... A Great Woman and Her Time, a WXAV 88.3 FM series that examines the extraordinary life of a 19th century Irish woman. And now your host, Graham Peck. Hello, my name is Graham Peck, and I'm a professor of history at St. Xavier University in Chicago, where I have taught since 2002. I have published a book and produced a film about the origins of the Civil War. And you can learn more about my career by visiting my website, CivilWarProf.com. But if you love to listen to history, stay strapped into your earbuds, because we are going to take another journey into the past. On Easter Monday of 1841, only seven months before she died, Catherine Macaulay wrote to Sister Mary Elizabeth Moore, the superior in the convent in Limerick. Informing more about life at the House of Mercy in Dublin, Macaulay wrote, All are good and happy. The blessing of unity still dwells amongst us. All laugh and play together. Not one cold, stiff soul appears. From the day they enter, all reserve of an ungracious kind leaves them. This is the spirit of the order indeed, the true spirit of mercy flowing on us that notwithstanding our unworthiness, God never seems to visit us with angry punishment. Take what he will from us. He still leaves his holy peace. And this he has graciously extended to all our convents. Thousands of thanks and praises to his holy name. This beautiful reflection encapsulates much of the religious view of Catherine Macaulay and the Mercy Order mercy was at the heart of it all and when the sisters followed the example of christ and had mercy on others the result was charity union and peace amongst themselves and blessings for those they served this was the foundation of the mercy order we learned in the sixth episode of this series on Catherine McAuley that initiating a public ministry of mercy was not easy for Macaulay or her fellow sisters. To do so, they had to overcome deep-seated cultural convictions about the limited public role of women in society. And that was only one of the many obstacles they faced. Ireland's extreme poverty, a cholera epidemic in 1832, persisting pre-modern folk beliefs, and the early deaths of many sisters all presented challenges to the Order. Yet, the sisters thrived in spite of these challenges, growing in number by leaps and bounds both before and after Macaulay's death in 1841. Hence our question for today. What gave young, devout women in Ireland the conviction that joining a Ministry of Mercy could help to change the world around them? The answer, was their trust in a God of mercy, a trust that Catherine Macaulay cultivated by encouraging them through example and precept to imitate Jesus Christ. Imitating Christ was no easy matter. After all, his example was that of total sacrifice, laying down his life to provide grace for fallen humanity. To do so, he endured humiliation and pain and obeyed the will of God, even to death on the cross. Yet Christ's example was the wellspring of Macaulay's life. Her favorite prayer was the Psalter of Jesus, a prayer which implores not only his mercy, but also his holy aid to live a life of self-sacrifice and obedience. Correspondingly, Christ was at the core of her instruction to her fellow sisters. As she wrote to Sister Mary Elizabeth Moore, we should, quote, "...humbly beseech God to impart to us all some portion of those precious gifts and graces which our dear Redeemer has purchased by His bitter sufferings, that we may endeavor to prove our love and gratitude by bearing some resemblance to Him." Similarly, She wrote to Sister Mary de Sales White that, We will endeavor to make the only return he demands of us by giving him our whole heart, fashioned on his own model, pure, meek, merciful, and humble. All then will be easy and sweet, no agitation, no particular desire, except to please. And glorify God. Yet imitating Christ meant accepting the providence of God. This was another central tenet of the Catholic faith that was easier to say than to do. When Catherine lost an important struggle with a powerful priest in 1837, she consulted with one of her clerical supporters, who responded Put your trust in God and pray to Him fervently but with perfect resignation to the ways of his providence, and rest assured that all things shall work together for good to those who love and obey him. We know Catherine valued this advice because she gave it to others frequently, urging her fellow sisters always to abide by it. In 1840, she wrote to Sister Mary Frances Ward, whose Carlo convent was struggling with disease, advocating that God's, quote, holy will be done in all things. May he never leave the choice to us. We can never be unhappy when we love and serve him faithfully. Death, from this devoutly Catholic perspective, was always followed by resurrection. Hence, Macaulay believed that taking up the cross of Christ was the true measure of obedience, the perfect resignation to God's providence. When Ward faced subsequent troubles, Macaulay wrote, Let us not think of the means God has employed to convey to us a portion of the Holy Cross, being ever mindful that it came from Himself. I earnestly hope that you will receive this trial so as to render it valuable to you. These ideas underscored Macaulay's understanding of life as a vowed religious, that it was, following Christ, a sacrifice of one's own life for others. Writing to Sister Mary Ann Doyle, Superior of the Mercy Convent in Tullamore, Macaulay wrote that, quote, "...I could not think any person with very cautious worldly views worthy to be admitted to holy profession." It is not a disposition to bestow gifts, like benevolent persons in the world, that bespeaks generosity of mind for the religious state. Rather, it is bestowing ourselves most freely and relying with unhesitating confidence in the providence of God. As these words suggest, Macaulay held vowed religious to a much higher standard than other Christians. Religious needed to renounce the world entirely, putting aside their comfort, their family, and any worldly desires. Macaulay always celebrated the admission of new sisters to the Order, observing that they, quote, renew my poor spirit greatly. Fine creatures fit to adorn society, coming forward joyfully to consecrate themselves to the service of the poor, For Christ's sake, this is some of the fire he has cast upon the earth as kindling. That the new sisters would be burned up for the glory of God was a cause for celebration. Although it may seem counterintuitive today, in an age of consumerism and self-gratification, Macaulay used these beliefs to inspire and animate her fellow sisters. Primarily, she taught these lessons using her example rather than her words, but she captured her sentiments beautifully in a poem addressed to Sister Mary Teresa Vincent Potter. Let us beg for renewed animation in discharge of our duties each day. Let us smile under every privation that religion has strewed in our way. All coldness and choler will smother and watchfully shun all dejection We will cordially love one another, since that is the mark of election. Catherine Macaulay was always profoundly grateful to have had the privilege of being the elect of God in a religious community. She learned by living with Sisters of Mercy that unity and peace were the fruit of self-sacrificial love. Near the end of her life, she wrote that she had, quote, never met one unkind sister yet. And she attested that, quote, religious life affords more lively, solid, lasting happiness than all the variety this world could give. She was not alone in these sentiments. The example she set as a religious proved extraordinarily compelling to the many women who joined the mercy order while she was alive. And those who lived with her in Dublin discovered the fruits of mercy for themselves. Eight years after the inception of the order, she wrote that, quote, one thing is remarkable, that no breach of charity ever occurred amongst us. The sun never, I believe, went down on our anger. That is indeed surely remarkable. Catherine Macaulay understood that her example was important to her fellow sisters. However, she also knew that the sisters' trust in a merciful God was the true wellspring of the order. So she cultivated that trust assiduously, and so successfully that the order spread throughout the globe by 1850. Sisters close to her led this expansion, including one who brought the order to Chicago. Sister Frances Ward, one of Catherine's first and most beloved sisters, became the American founder of the Sisters of Mercy, evangelizing much of North America between 1843 and 1884. On the docket for the last episode in this series is the remarkable story of her life, which, like the life of Catherine Macaulay, touches us to this very day. You've been listening to WXAV's A Great Woman and Her Time, a program created, researched, written, and narrated by Graham Peck, engineering and editing by Peter Creighton. For more information on the series, please visit Graham Peck's website, civilwarprof.com.